and welcome to the Fit Mind Project with your hosts Laura Ash and Barry Ash. So um, tonight, guys, we are so honoured uh, today to have a real-life superhero join us in the form of Barris. <laughs> welcome, Barris. Um, Hello. It is Hello, not I, often that you hear a guy speak about his mental health, least of all depression. Um, now, Barris has had a very successful life after leaving private school. He went on to University of London where he studied fine arts. Well, la-di-da. <laughs> um, he then moved into the publishing and media world where he's worked for the past 13 years. Now, Barris has worked with some of the world's greatest companies such as Microsoft, Apple, Samsung, Sony and Citrix as a marketing manager. Now, Barris's life took a bit of a turn six years ago when he started to show signs of depression. However, he only realised he had depression two years ago and since then he's been working to understand and cope with this. Now, the illness has affected his life in a massive way, including the breakdown of his marriage. Barris is a self-confessed gym junkie and bodybuilder fan and his passion is to help people, so friends and family and anyone out there who needs things more than he does. What a guy. Welcome, Barris. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Well, you know, I'm very um, embarrassed because I, I don't like... I, I get uncomfortable because you say so many nice things. You've, done, you've both been like that since I've known you, so... Uh, thank you. Now, we met on the bodybuilding circuit, didn't we? We did. How many years now? And, uh, My last show was... Well, it was when two, I was competing. You started four years ago. Yeah. And my last show was two years ago. Mm. So, yeah, we've known yeah. each other for uh, nearly four or five years now, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, good. and you both were brilliant on stage. Mm. And, um, you know, hopefully see you back up there one day. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I think we met before that. We met at um, Crunch Gym, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you was doing so, all the filming there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, good times, good times. So it's gone quick, but um, always keeping an eye on what you guys are up to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, thanks for, you know, your continued inspiration. I know you give that to a lot of people. So, um, you know, and I'm very happy to be here. So thank you for giving yeah. me an opportunity. I don't talk that often. So, um, you know, this is the first time I'm already talking openly. Uh, which is quite interesting. It will be interesting. So well, we just we just go with the flow, be open or as close as you want to be. But I think it's really interesting that coming from a man, a male point of view, that you're you're really open about um, your depression and mental health issues and so forth. Um, and I know us as well as you. We want to really squash the stigma that goes with mental health and depression and so forth. But yeah. If you can give our guys a, a little bit of an insight to your background and your story and mm. how you've become to where you are today, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's a massive stigma. still is. Um, I think um, the only way I've realised a lot of people have it is by seeing a lot of the responses when I started sharing stuff on Facebook over the last few months. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Going really successfully as uh, you know, as, as uh, career-wise and job-wise and family, and you know, I met met you know my wife at the time, and uh, you know, and it was all going great. Had a house, and um, and then I got made redundant, um, which I thought I'd never would be, and it sort of went from there really, because um, I had to work for nearly fourteen months, um, you know, and I wasn't feeling great, but I thought it was just normal you know that you know when something bad happens you, yeah. you, you can't 
just um, feel a bit, you know, you get up some days and you feel a bit um, like you don't want to do anything, you're fed up, you're, you, you, you're worried, you're anxious. And I just thought it was a normal thing. I didn't realise actually it was depression. Um, and I continued down that road. And then during that period, me and my wife at the time, we, um, you know, got a bit distant. Um, we didn't communicate as much. Um, and it got to the point where we were living separate lives at home, which was bizarre, you know. So, you know, I'd come home and she'd be doing her own thing. In, in the, it was like we're living like students or like, um, you know, friends. It was really weird. But I wasn't opening up. I wasn't. I never really opened up. So I just continued as I am. And then when I went back into work, I buried myself into that, going to the gym. That, that took a lot of my life over as well. And... Um, and yeah, I, I, I went to see the GP when things got really quite serious for me uh, in the last couple of years and where I was really, you know, having really bad days. And it wasn't like tiredness or, you know, I was really kind of to the point where I just felt like, what am I doing? Why am I continuing with my life? And, you know, what purpose have I got? Um, and then things that I was, you know, normally very good at, I couldn't do properly. Uh, so I was struggling with that. Um, and then Dr. the GP, local GP, said that, you know, you've, you've got uh, depression and you've had it for quite a long time. They sort of then put me on this position where, well, we'll get you signed up to the NHS one, but there's a waiting list of six to eight months. What? So, yeah, it was ridiculous. I can believe it. I Because I wanted to see somebody, a counsellor, and I had to realise that I've got to speak to someone about it, you know, about what I'm feeling, what I'm doing. So I typed in on Google um, this counselling website. It's like a directory listing for your local area. Uh, and I found a guy called Peter, um, and I've been using him ever since. Um, so it's only in the last, you know, kind of, um, I suppose, in the last year that I've started talking about my depression a lot more. And, um, and then, you know, I then found out that through Facebook that, you know, a few of my friends that I never thought had it uh, have got it. And then I thought, well, you know, because I didn't know they had it and they've hidden it quite well. I mean, I've done exactly the same thing. And they like said to me, I didn't know you had it. And, and also, I didn't know you had it either. So it's because it's, it's not a, uh, a physical illness in the fact that it's not like you've broken your arm or, you know, you've got a cold or, um, you, you know, um, you know, it's like someone, you know, like when I've lost my hair, people say, oh, you're going bald. You know, you, you can't see physically. Yeah. You know, it's one of those that either you talk about it or no one knows you've got it. Yeah. And that I think I found out recently. So, um, so yeah, tough. it's been tough. But um, you, you go through ups and downs. It's, you know, you don't know what day it is sometimes or how it's going to pan out. And, you know, it, there are ways to get around it now that I'm working hard on. So... Yeah, no, that, I mean, let's take you right back, Barris. So when you were made redundant, how, how long ago was that? So that was 2012. That was in May 2012. Now that must have been a massive blow for you. Yeah, massive, because at the time I, I was, you know, I had a mortgage. Um, I was on, you know, six-figure salary. Um, I built myself up year on year. You have this persona that you think that you know you, you're never going to fail. Yeah. Um, and then when I got made redundant, it was like, well, I've let my, my parents down. I've let you know my wife down at the time. Um, I wasn't actually thinking about how I'm going to survive financially. It was more about 
the pride thing and you know when you know I got made redundant it was the way it was done as well was a bit um, I, I felt a bit backstabbed about that because uh, the guy that I worked for I'd known him for sort of nearly 10 years prior to that so um, that 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 you know was quite a massive um, you know hit on me um, so yeah it was, it was yeah it was tough and you get up in the mornings and you nothing to do you know you just go to the dole office and you know not trying to sound um kind of snobbish or anything but when you're on a six-figure salary working in the city wearing a suit five days a week and you, you know you, you're in board level room meetings doing marketing um you know business plans and next minute you're sort of in your jeans or your tracksuit bottoms going to the you know to the local um you know dole office and you know um it, it was tough yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that you know. I mean, how do you, how do you get out of it? That's that's a tough bit. And it was at that point I started not communicating with my um, my wife as much. Um, and then my parents, because they lived abroad, um, they didn't really know what was going on. So I, you know, I didn't really talk to them that often. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was a tough, tough period. I didn't I didn't realise I had it until. Um, you know, I, I sunk to a low where I started getting suicidal thoughts, doubting myself, um, really genuinely doubting myself and wondering what, what the world would be like after I, if I just, you know, jumped off a cliff or something, you know, yeah. um, would anyone really, you know, apart from my parents, obviously, would anyone really miss me? Would anyone really, you know, because the marriage was, had failed at that point. My wife had, we'd separated, uh, my ex-wife, we separated uh, three, two and a half or whatever years ago now. Yeah. Um, so when that happened... It was like, well, you know, there's nothing left because I was planning to have kids with her and settle down a lot better with her. But yeah, so that 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 you know was a big problem as well. Um, do you think that I know you that you think? Do you think the redundancy was the actual turning point for it, or do you think that if you hadn't have had the redundancy, you still would have been in the same situation, or do you think this was brewing up for you? Um, that's a good question. I. I think as part part of it's played on it. Um, I think the other bit was my mum's suffered from it, so right. I so I got it from her side. Um, I know that you know in the very early part of the after you know she sort of became a single parent because my parents divorced when I was eight. Um, that that um, you know depressed her a lot. She was under a lot of stress to keep the house going and. Um, uh, and she was taking tablets, I think, uh, which she advised me not to recently. Um, but I think I remember I went to a counsellor or some... I, I, I got expelled at school, uh, primary school, because um, I, I was a bit of a, bit, bit of a, a, a naughty kid. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, yeah, you know, and, uh, but they took me somewhere to some guy... Uh, who did a test or something and said that the divorce had affected me mentally because um, I don't really remember my dad. My dad's my best mate, and uh, but I don't remember seeing him in the house at all, apart from a couple of arguments that he had with my mum and that was it, and then he moved out. So uh, I think missing that uh, at that age, at eight, was, uh, had an impact. Maybe that's triggered part of it as well. Um, I always believe that, you know, for, for some of my friends who just had kids... Uh, if they're not getting on, then I say, you know, it's a better time to do it rather than at my age when it was eight and when you can remember things and it gets more affected. So, yeah, that, 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 you know, that massively, you know, I think impacted part of, 
you know, the the uh, the, the, the redundancy that yeah. you know escalated it, I suppose. Yeah, um, definitely. And was it yeah. as was it only you went to um you know, you went to the GP when you started to have those scary thoughts really, you know, of, of suicide and you know yeah. Yeah, because my wife actually, my ex-wife at the time, said, you've got to see a GP, you've got depression. She's the one actually said it. To be fair to her, it's one of the, one of the great things that she did was actually she, you know, said to me, sat me down and said, look, you've got depression. I don't, you know, I don't want you to try and, you know, hide away from it. And that's one of the reasons. Because, you know, uh, she kind of figured it out. Uh, and our sex life was pretty non-existent. And that's purely because of, you know, you just don't feel the urge when yeah. you're depressed, you just feel knackered, lazy, um, sleep all day, uh, hide away. Um, you just can't, you know, you just don't feel you can give anything that you want to give. Um, but, yes, yeah, so she sort of said, you've got to see a GP. Uh, so when I went to see the GP, um, I didn't think they'll find anything. I thought it was a waste of time. And then that's when they spent an hour with me doing some question-answer sessions. And then she said, yeah you know you've, you've got depression it was like she was typing all in the computer and presses at the answer button and it then comes up saying you know this and, and yeah and what what went through your mind at that point you know that they said yes you've got depression um i probably thought well, uh i probably thought okay so what does that mean am i like a, a nutcase or am i a, am i you know am i you know somebody that's not normal yeah. Um, you know, are people going to look at me not normal? You know, am I going to have to um, be treated differently? Have I got a mental disorder? I didn't really know a lot about it, so I had to read up a lot about it. So I went on the Mind website um, to have a read and then obviously seen the counsellor um, with Peter and Peter explaining a lot of, you know, um, what it all means, the depression, uh, etc. But yeah, it was, I, I felt a bit, felt weird because I thought, ah, is this like a long-term illness, um, mental illness? Does yeah. it mean I'm, I've got to be treated differently? I wasn't sure um, what I what you know what it was about. Um, so, um, and you get to know more about it as you sort of as you go along. You know, as yeah. I have done the last two years. Yeah, definitely. No, I get that. And you know, what's your when you said that you know there's stuff that you were good at that you couldn't do, what were those things that you started to notice that you used to be good at, but then you realised that you just couldn't do them? Um, oh, basic things. I, I, I mean, you know, I could clean the house naturally. You know, it was like naturally clean the house on a, on a, on a weekend, or I could naturally go to the shops, you know, just go off and, when I used to smoke, I, I you know, just go and get a packet of fags from the... From the I, I was actually feeling quite... Uh, a lot of anxiety going out and about, you know, and when I was walking, people were staring at me, um, but not staring at me because, of, you know, it, it was just like, you know, they look at you, but because you've got that depression in your mind or that anxiety, you think they're staring at you for a reason, yeah. other than the fact that people just stare at other people as you're walking past, it's not, it's just natural, so it's things like that, so the, those kind of things, and then work-wise, when I was back in work, um, you know, things that I was really good at in terms of presenting meetings, um, talking to people, um, being able to actually, um, whatever conditions were set by the company that I was working for, you know, however difficult it was, I could always come up with a plan, a strategy. I couldn't do any of that. I was just, you know, it was just like I just couldn't physically 
uh, and the gym as well. I mean, that was another thing. I was training quite regularly, but then, you know, to go to the gym and to even try and train was very difficult. For a few days, if you can't focus, it's fine because you might have overdone it. But I, it was weeks. I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't, you know, lift. It was, you know, I couldn't do things uh, that you could normally do. I was causing more accidents as well, like dropping stuff and you know I was making a mess on the carpet or and then I used to get very upset about it you know so it was you know it was I was becoming pathetic if you if I can say that and um, what was going through your mind at that point uh that was when the suicidal thoughts I was just thinking I'm I, I'm pathetic um I'm useless um I don't have any value in what I'm doing how do I sort this out and it, it, you know it was getting to that point I've got more difficult once my wife makes wife moved out I was then more on my own where I live here in Watford in Hertfordshire um, and I ended up um, being a recluse you know I was sort of not going out sitting at home watching TV uh, and, and that was it I'd go to work come home stay at home uh, and a lot of my friends who see me regularly uh, were not seeing me that often and were wondering what was going on. Mm. And I just kept saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, it was like, yeah, it was that, 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 that's, you know, I felt very pathetic, very useless. And I was questioning my value uh, as a person, yeah. just generally, is um, when then you think about ending it because you think, you know, that's, that's what it's about, you know, that, that if you end it, then you end the suffering and, you know, and because you're pathetic, you don't think anyone's going to miss you, you know, that you're not, you know, you, no one's going to know that you've gone, if that makes sense. I, do you know, Barris, I totally understand where you're coming from, 100%. And yeah. um, it, it, those thoughts are very scary to have, you know, and I've had them and I'm sure I won't, it won't be the last time that I have them, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it, you know, it's not nice at all whatsoever. And, and you start to question yourself, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, you do, and that's that's the thing. It's it's a tough it's a tough gig, um, you know. And then I don't think I now I appreciate the kind of levels that people carry on their shoulders now when they when they've got depression, you know. And you hear about it more in the news now because it is very much around us, you know. The, I think it's one in you know four or whatever that, that they came up with as a stat, and they said that fifty percent of those that do suffer from it commit suicide it, wow. you know and a lot of them are blokes it's not you know women obviously have it a lot of it post pregnant uh, post birth or but a lot of it for for the guys i think is about self-esteem it's about self you know what what you could do i mean when when my wife and me separated and we're obviously going through a divorce at the moment um you know which is a lot easier to handle now than it would have been back then but you know when it, when the separation did happen i was thinking about you know is it my fault is it me you know how can I possibly add value going forward to somebody else? You know, um, why would anyone want to hang out with someone who's got depression or a mental, you know, a mental illness? Somebody who's who's got, you know, suffers from mental illnesses. You know, the minute you say that, people think, oh, he's a psychopath or he's a uh, schizophrenic or he's, um, you know, he, he he needs locking up or you have this envisage of being chained up, you know, gagged and, you know, that kind of thing. And unfortunately, it's all under the same umbrella, mental illness, you know. Yeah. Um, you have the very mild, you know, anxiety all the way through to the depression and through to, you know, the very top end where you need to be, you know, seen daily or something, you know. Mm. So, Barris, you say about the, the guys out there that they're committing suicide because they've got depression, but what, what can we do to help them out? So there might be some guys out here who are listening to this and they're saying, 
that's happening to me, that's how I feel. Um, but you know what it's like, being men, we're burly men, we got, I'm all right, I'm all right. And they're probably scared to actually go and seek help from somebody. So yeah. what advice would you give them if they're, they're, they're having these symptoms that you're having and they can relate to you on that level? Um, well, firstly, admit it that you've got it. You know, that's the first thing. I, the hardest thing is to admit that you've got it because, like you say, Barry, that, that, you know, guys are, you know, tough and, you know, we're like, you know, blokes are blokes and crying, you know, that kind mm. of thing. I mean, my dad says all that rubbish, you know, it's true, you know, that, that guys can cry. They're allowed to, you know, show emotion and passion or whatever it is. But, yeah, don't, you know, admit that you've got it. That's That's got to be the key thing. And once you've admitted it, go and see someone about it. And when I mean someone, go and find a counsellor. You know, people don't want to go private because they sell the money. But, you know, what's the best money you'll spend? Um, you know, my sessions are 35 quid a time. I was doing four weeks, uh, four weeks, sorry, four sessions a month. So, but it's value for money because that talk, you know, when, you, when you're talking to people about it, people more eye professionals, it helps massively. Um, and that's the key two things. You've got to own up to it and you've got to, you know, um, talk about it. Um, and then thirdly, what naturally happen is that you'll then get your self-esteem back to a point. You'll then realise, I can do this. And the third point is you know, putting small little building blocks in place to try and where you want to be in life. You know, you might already be married with kids. So what you don't want to do is hold it in and make that affect your kids' relationship or your wife's relationship or your boyfriend's relationship, etc. Um, but at the same time, if you're like me, you, you know, single guy who has a good job, you don't want to be screwing that up. And also you want to be in a position where you're able to, you know, settle down again and, you know, meet someone and what you and to do all of that, you need to sort yourself out. Um, it just took me a while to really understand understand that, you know, yeah. to realise I did have it. Yeah, no, I, I get that definitely. I mean, what would you say now are your coping mechanisms? Um, I've got some good people around me. I, I you know, the, the the Facebook thing was interesting. I yeah. sort of did a couple of live, um, what are they called, live uh, Facebook feeds or whatever, you know, when you just, I mean, I hate video myself or whatever anyway, it's... Yeah, I'm never photogenic or anything like that. But I thought, really? sorry, I, I, you know, I, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, no. it's webcam. It's webcams, you know, gonna, you know, it's, it's just enough that I can sort of probably cope with in terms of, um, you know, um, what I look like on camera. But no, um, so I, I filmed it and I was doing it, and I first one I didn't realise um, got a lot of views, and then I was getting inbox messages from certain people that I've known on Facebook. And I didn't know they had it. And one of them messaged me a really nice thing. And she said that her, she now understands what her boyfriend's going or fiance's going through. So, you know, I uh, and I've been sort of doing that to, to I suppose, you know, talk about it and help people along the way. Um, and 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 I, I I actually help. I hope others do it as well. You know, by actually doing videos and everyone helping each other you know that 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 that's the aim i can only do so much but you know if what i've done has saved one person from you know uh killing themselves then that's great you know or if it's allowed one person to go off and talk to someone about it then that's great but i think if we all talk, talk about it openly um and share it all on facebook or social because social media is so powerful it and is. these kind of webinar blogs 
uh, you know, any of their stuff is webinars are really great to show that. And that's so powerful now that I think everyone should get into that and, and do that, you know. Um, is that the reason why you decided to kind of speak up and, and talk about your experience? Well, I've always been a charitable kind of person, you know, in, in the fact I've always done a lot of charity work and I, I, you know, if it's my last fiver in my pocket, I'll give it to someone that needs it. So um, I've always wanted to help people. And then when I got the feedback that I did on this uh, first video that I did, then I took it upon myself after speaking to my counsellor that I'd like to put a video up, um, maybe or a blog. And I did a blog for a, a few blogs that I've done which were time-consuming, but explaining about what, what, what I'm going through and how I'm coping with it. But, you know, the way I've dealt with it is um, I've had to realise what's important to me. Uh, my parents, you know, are, are key. Uh, do they really want to see me in the state that I'm in? Um, you know, do I, you know, want to move forward? Do I want to be somewhere at the age of 50, 60? Um, my job, you know, is important. You know, it's trying to reconnect with things again. Um with yourself, and it is, it is tough, you know, if you've got that anxiety issue, if you've got that, that depression issue, um, it is tough, but, you know, it gets better, it does, there is a way out, uh, you know, you may not lose depression for the rest of the year, you know, you might not disappear for, for good, but, you know, it, you know, by doing what you're doing, it, it sort of, at least it puts the bandages over the wound uh, for a period, uh, and then the healing process happens. But if you don't do anything, it'll be like adding salt to the wound. And that's that's what I did for three years. I, I just didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Do you find the more open you are about this and the more you talk about it on social media, the more support you get from people? Or do you find people sort of start to avoid you for being so open about it? Um, I got more support, for sure. So my, you know, at work, I've shared it with a couple of people. They they, they, sit, they suffered from it as well. Mm. Um so for me, I've, I've benefited a lot more. Um, but I, I also understand that there will be people out there. Um, I'd be surprised if, if it's good friends, they wouldn't dismiss it, they'd help. Um, but if you've got friends that you've been with for a while and they kind of dismiss it and think there's nothing wrong with you or think you're in a, a nutcase or whatever, then they're not really your friends. That, that, you know, each friend should be helping you. And there is a bit of, you know... Um, there are people out there. We live in a culture where, you know, if you say I've got mental illness, they think you're, you know, that 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 you know you're not normal. You know, we're all normal. It's just that we're carrying something that, that, that we don't want to carry, but we are, and you know, we're as normal as the person, you know, mm. you know, just as normal as, as a disabled person. You know, they're they're normal because we're all humans. You know, uh, we all think we have a brain, um, and it's up to us on to what capacity we do it. But yeah, I I I you know will definitely want to help and you know uh, and friends should be helping and so I've not come across it yet but there will be I'm sure at times on Facebook or whatever that I'll come across people that are very negative um, about it well we'll all get on and like just bully yeah. them if they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? they're lost they're <laughs> exactly. lost we're a lot so true so, I mean where are you at now Barris do you know what I mean because obviously you've been through it really tough how are you dealing now kind of do you can you see a future for yourself? Do you have aspirations or, you know, where are you at now? Um, yeah, I've got aspirations. There's things I want to do. I want to, you know, do some travelling maybe. Or I mean, my job, you know, I started my new company was nearly a year now. It'll be April, be 12 months. And I've got aspirations to, it's a great company, great people. So my aspirations work-wise is 
very clear. I want to be there as long as I can. I, you know, if I can get there to the age of 50, which is another eight years. Um, yeah, so I don't want to hide my age too much. So eight years, and then I'll be um, 50. But if I can, for the next five to 10 years, I can still be there, growing within a growing company. That's fantastic. Um, maintaining my friends, um, and you know, finding someone I, you know, uh, a girl um, that I can settle down with, um, that I can share my experiences with, and um, in a way, I've learned my lesson from the last time where I didn't open up, um, yeah. you know, about depression, and you know, I think that did cause a problem in in the marriage, yeah. you know, uh, not opening up and not communicating. So when I was in my shell, so I want to be different. The next time I, you know, hopefully can settle down and meet someone, I, I can, you know, um, I don't bite. I, you know, I, I do talk, um, and I'll be a lot more open. Um, that's that's uh, cool. Yeah, there's, you know, there's no hopefully there. You can. Oh, of course there will. It will be there. Listen, we put the picture up in our group, and the girls were like, "Damn, who's this? We're definitely coming on tomorrow." Not that. Not that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Barris, can I ask you what's? Because yeah. I mean, I'm always discovering stuff about myself when I'm depressed. I kind of get excited because I know I'm going to discover something. And yeah. I want to know, what has been your biggest self-discovery through all of this? Ooh. Um, ooh, that's a very, very good and a very tough question. Um, self-discovery. Um, that I actually have emotions. I'm an emotional guy. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't you know, so... I was reading about this actually. Was uh, I thought you know there's I forgot what it's called. There's con- there's a, there's a um, condition you know where you can you can't stop crying at anything. Okay. What it's something I I typed it into Google. It's like um, is there a condition for people that cry? And it came up on one of the well Wikipedia came up with it as well. But I thought forgot what it's called. So that's the one thing I've realised that actually I'm an emotional guy. Um, I can get upset very quickly about things. Um, you know, um, and I, I, and that's why I found out about myself that I'm not this tough guy, or you know, I'm not there, you know, in the gym and being tough and all that. I have feelings as well. Um, yeah. It's just that I've never really expressed it. You know, I've always. So that's one thing I've discovered is that I'm actually quite a quite a sensitive, emotional uh, kind of guy, um, and I'm a very shy guy as well, um, which I've understood um, a lot more. Which is, you know, I, I've realised that those are the things that I've um, done, but then also on the other side, the other thing I say is I'm, I'm able to talk to people. I wasn't able to do that before, so that's probably a, the, the, the key discovery is that I'm, I, I, you know, that it's okay to talk, it's okay to be open, it's okay to share things. People won't think any of you any differently. In fact, they'll be more welcoming. So those things, I, I would say, uh, I've discovered a lot more about myself. That's, so that's really cool. That's pretty cool. I um, mean, I, I consider you quite a, a strong guy. A very strong guy could go through everything that you've come through and to be sat here talking and to be championing this sort of thing yeah there's a lot of strength in you thank you well i i, I the other thing i didn't mention to you is i i suffered from alcohol addiction in my 20s right. so i alcohol addiction for a long period of time gambling i blew 30 35k on gambling probably um wow. all in one go that would be stupid i did it over you know uh, over a period uh, it was one of those that it, it's funny. I was watching a program where you know the benefits thing, and uh, you get the guy who gets paid his benefits, and he's in the pub and he blows it all on one night. And I couldn't really criticise him because that's what I was doing, blowing my whole wage when I got paid from 
you know, uh, work on, on fruit machines and gambling and beer and drinking. So drink was my best friend. So I had all that as well before. And to have all that while I probably had depression um, to a point, I, you know, but then I got over that. The gym saved me, actually, the, the, the bodybuilding, you know, going to the gym in my 30s. Um, that I started sorting myself out. And um, But then, you know, obviously, you know, I then went back into this uh, depression mode. Um, so, yeah, I've been through a lot. But the fact that I'm still here uh, and I haven't killed myself or, you know, which I could easily have done a year ago, two years ago, um, says a lot about, I mean, not just about me, but it says to everyone out there that, that, you to regardless of how bad things are you can get through it you know you can become the better person at the other end and be that person that you that you genuinely are everyone's got talent everyone's you know great you know inside they've got that um and make sure you know you can reflect that all you know uh, as a goal when you get through this it's everyone can get through it it's tough but it, you get there definitely and i think with the right support as well you know fantastic yeah. So, Barris, we've got a few questions from our guys, if you yes. don't mind, if we kind of put them out there. So, um, some of these we might have already answered. So, Vicky says, um, how long did you think you had depression before you realised you had it? I mean, nine times out of ten, we kind of have an inkling, don't we? Yeah, you do. And uh, thanks for the question, Vicky. Um, yeah, that um, I had it, well, had it for probably five or so years um, I possibly could have had it a long time before that, but never really. It was probably very mild. Um, but, yeah, five years, and then in the last two years, I've really dealt with it or yeah. tried to deal with it. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I, you know, if I hadn't dealt with it at that point, when my ex-wife had said to me, you've got it, go and see the GP about it, would I be here today? I don't know, because the, the suicidal thoughts and everything else, to the point... Um, you know, I, from September last year to the end of the year, I was in a real bad low state. And uh, I, at that point, I could have ended it. But, mm. you know, and so I have to keep going. But, yeah, so the last two years, I've really, really understood it. That's cool. Um, do you make yeah. over Naomi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Naomi says, um, have you ever tried to self-heal without medication or medical help, i.e. with exercise or lifestyle. She says the reason she asked this was she was watching a documentary about lifestyle for these antidepressants once, and she found it fascinating. Yeah, no, thanks for the question, Naomi. Um, yeah, I've not taken tablets. Um, my mum never recommended it, um, nor did GP at that point. Um, for me, what sort of helped is lifestyle change. I, I think the, the thing that was a problem for me on the lifestyle side was that when I was having depression, I was not communicating. So I was at home a lot, not getting out, not doing anything. I wasn't in the gym anymore. Uh, I wasn't just, you know, going off and doing stuff. So, you know, I, I and going back to your point as well, um, Laura, about if I rediscovered anything, well, I started going back to museums, started drawing again. So, and being a fine artist and a, I graduated 20 years ago in, in history of art, so why have I not done anything with that? So I had to get myself out and about, um, regardless of how I felt, anxiety, whatever, I just had to get out there, because if you stay in, you're not going to, you know, close the curtain, sleep all day, that's what's going to happen. So I went out, and, uh, you know, the gym came back, So uh, and I went to into London National Gallery, uh, Tate Muse you know, the Tate uh, you know, Gallery, the National History Museum, um, 
and just go out and actually see friends as well. So even if it's a drive and a half, just go and see them. So yes, yeah, so the lifestyle changes for me. I've, I, I personally think that tablets can help, um, but then the only worry about that is the addiction side. It's great to be addicted if you want to keep going out, and in that sense. But being addicted to tablets is that that can be a problem. I, I wouldn't recommend it. But then I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Naomi's ever done the if she would ever think about the tablet side. But I don't know if you have, Laura, or if you know any if we if you've done tablets or if you felt that the lifestyles helps a lot more. Yeah, I mean, for me, I um, I have like a three-pronged attack. I mean, I was originally diagnosed and given medication, but the medication they gave me actually, because we didn't know I had bipolar at the time, but the medication they gave me actually exacerbated the bipolar. So, but then now I'm on medication. They gave me lithium and it's given me kidney disease. Um, so now I've had to move to another type of medication um, because of the bipolar is, is so strong, basically. Um, yeah. But I, I see what you're saying about the medication because sometimes you can go to the doctors and they just give you medication to yeah. treat the symptom. They don't deal with the cause. Yeah. Like you're going to counselling to deal with the cause, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that's helped me massively. But I also think that they give you the medication just to get you out of the way because yeah. of a waiting list and because they haven't got enough staff. I mean, you know, for them to tell me six to eight months for me to to get um, seen, uh, when I came back home, I filled out a form, um, a detailed form, and then some geezer rang me up from the NHS to say there's a waiting list. And I said, well, this is ridiculous. And so I went private, and, and that's helped massively the counselling. Um, but... You know, I really do think that at times they're given medication out just to simply move you on because yeah. they haven't got time or they don't deal with it. I mean, this is the other thing as well, is the £150 million of underfunding in the mental health, uh, which the government have done. And I still don't believe what Theresa May's come out and said. I don't believe it until I see it, um, that she's going to actually spend that. We'll see in the budget on Wednesday what they're doing for, for social care and mental health because... There isn't the money, so I think they just give people tablets and hope that that's going to sort it out. But in reality, it can take them the other way and get more, you know, worse off. Not just like you know getting other illnesses, but actually worse off to the point of actually committing suicide. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want them off the register that quickly to uh, not worry about them. I, I don't know. Well, it, I mean, it, it's sad. I definitely think lifestyle is is a massive yeah. thing, you know. So being able yeah. to exercise, but doesn't yeah. mean necessarily say go down the gym. This for me, when I'm depressed, it's about gentle walking and getting back to nature and doing things I love, like you did. You yeah. went back and you know reconnected with your roots and yeah. started to do stuff that you love, you know, yeah. like the art. I think the big thing here is detoxifying our body, detoxifying our brain. So if we eat healthy or eat lots of water-rich food and start clearing these toxins out of our body first, yep. that will start detoxifying our brain. And then mm. if we're still having issues, then medication might be an option yeah. to go down there. But if we can actually take control of our systems and in our body ourselves and make them as run as more, most effectively as possible, yeah. then we've got a, a more of a fighting chance of having less medication or even no medication in our body. I agree. And, and, you know, the funny thing as well, I didn't mention it when I was during the depression period, I was eating crap. I was, my diet had gone out the window. I was eating crap, honestly. Lots of chocolates. Lot, I was just binge eating. Um, and, you know, a lot of it wasn't healthy. So, you know, once I started eating 
better and seen a change in me, um, I felt better. And you're right. Um, that, that I completely forgot. I, I, that was another thing. I was binge eating at home on my own, which was bad. Um, it's like uh, a try, you try and self-soothe, don't you, with the food? Mm. But self-soothing with the wrong type of food. I and mean, it's, it's having that flip side, yeah. saying, like, I need to look after my system and cleanse yeah. my system. And then that yeah. starts working for you rather than against you. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Mm. Totally agree. I mean, that's key. Um, and, yeah, and I can't fault it at all. When I started eating a lot healthier, um, you know, it's made a big, big difference to the way mm. I feel inside. I'm healthier. Um, you know, I gave up the smoking. Um, that was a key part as well. And I just talk about my, my health and my diet. Um, but the other thing as well is you want to be around a long time. You know, the whole point of getting out of depression is you want to, you've got things you want to focus on for the next 5, 10, 15 years. Well, there's pointless doing that if you're going to kill yourself through high cholesterol and, you know, heart disease because you've ended up, you know, eating crap, you know. Um, yeah. It all does connect, you know. Yeah, great. So that's a really good question. The yeah. last one we've got is from Sarah. Um, she said she'd be interested to know how being open these not being open about depression has affected how you dealt with it. So has have the fact that you've been open about it actually helped you to deal with the depression or dealing with the depression? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a good question, Sarah. Um, yeah, it has. Um, the last two years, absolutely. But I won't say that it's just suddenly disappeared or, you know, by, by talking about it or, yeah. you know, it, I've gone back into very deep depression during it. So I was seeing my counsellor once a week and then it went to every fortnight and then it went to um, once a month. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then when that once a month happened, going okay for a bit, then I hit a stumbling block. And then it went straight down, and I immediately texted him, and I met him again, and then we kept it to two or two a month. So, you know, and then it's back to once a month because over the September period, I was really bad. Like the last autumn to Christmas, I was really bad. Um, but yeah, talking about it is definitely a lot better. That made me cope with it better than on my own. I was just, I was just, you know, going down a really dark tunnel, and you know, not realizing what I was where I was, what I was doing, I just didn't feel right. Um, but definitely talk about it. That's fantastic. Well, we're going to ask our guys to come over and find you, you know, friend yeah. you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, it would be fantastic, you know, for you to pass your inspiration on to them as well. I think it would be brilliant. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I'm always around, you know, I've had people still message me recently, uh, you know, on Messenger, and I'll be more than happy, you know, just drop me a line. Um, and even, you know, on your Facebook pages, you know, as well, I'd absolutely be more than happy to help. And, you know, as I said, if two or three on this, you know, um, webinar get, you know, um, satisfaction from, you know, what I've been talking about and can relate to it and it helps them, I'm really happy. You know, for me, helping others is, is what it's about. If I can do that before I leave this uh, or depart this earth, I've helped other people and it made a difference then that, that, that adds value from you know for me as a person 
So mm. I ju- I'm just giving you a massive great hug at the moment. <laughs> like a ghost hug is coming to you now. <laughs> I love it. So, Barris, you know, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. We do have, however, before we finish, our little quick fire round, which is just our little kind of fun bit of, you know, sort of... So, no thinking. It's just got to be spontaneous. The first thing that comes into your head when we fire these questions at yeah. you, OK? Actually, should we yeah. see if we've got and any... I just want to say to Alison, um, keep smiling, because I know she felt ashamed when she was diagnosed. Don't be, OK? It's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say. I was ashamed. I didn't tell my parents for a while. My dad dismissed it. But you know what? You're a brilliant person. Just keep going and keep talking about it and don't feel ashamed. Yeah, awesome. we'll do this. Brilliant. Thank oh. you. Cool. Nice one. Right, are we ready? You go, you go first. Okay, so I'll go first then. So, Barris, your most inspirational quote? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Oh. Star Trek. Favourite oh. destination and why? New York, um, because it's just an amazing, one of my favourite cities. Amazing people, amazing food, lots of fancy food, great food, uh, wonderful places to visit and just a great uh, creative culture. I totally agree with you. Um, what do you want to be known for and why? Uh, I'd like to be known as somebody who's made a difference in, to that person's life in a good way. That, that, that's all. You know, if I can help them, then, you know, and if I can say, you know what, he helped me or, you know, do something that allowed me to become this person, that's, that, that'll be enough for me. That's cool. Favourite movie and why? Favourite movie? Ah, oh, jeez. Um, okay, favourite movie. Did we do it? It's going to be Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I was a big Clint Eastwood fan, and I would have to say Power Rider, which is not maybe well known, but it's worth watching. It's one of his mm. best westerns. Yeah. Anyway. Cool, cool, cool. Your favourite song of all time and why? Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing, because he's an amazing guy. Um, that would be one, actually. Um, the other one would be Simple Minds Alive and Kicking When. You get past the depression and put that on. It's a great tune anyway. But I no, love that. For me, Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing, um, I've never actually played it ever on any dates or any 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 past girlfriends or anything in my 20-something years. I've never played it. So I'd like to do that one day. That's, That's cool. I might play that tonight. No, don't play <laughs> <Yeah>. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first childhood memory? Blimey. Um, yes, I'll tell you what it was. Um, I don't know which one came out first, though. Uh, it was a movie. I went with my dad and my uncle to James Bond for your eyes only, 1981. Okay. So I remember seeing that in the cinema, but then I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark the same year, and I was scared because, of, you know, at the end, the, they all turned to skeletons, you know, yeah. the, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, that yeah. bit, the... The, the, the arc or whatever it is they've got. Yeah, I remember that. That, that was the earliest thing I can remember at, at six. I love wow. it. I love it. So, Barris, what question have you never been asked, but you've always wanted to be asked it? Oh, blimey. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, see, I've been asked questions like, do you snore? And I always say, no, I don't. Um, even though I do no let's see um, have I been asked the question what would I like to be asked um, probably this actually I've been, I've been asked it but if you asked me the question before this evening it would have been um, have you ever opened up properly uh, for over an hour 
uh, which has been fantastic, on your mental illness. Yeah. Brilliant. Because uh, I've never done that. Nobody's ever asked me about my mental illness. So oh, there you go. So I, I, it was a bit cheesy because I, I know that we've obviously done it, but that's probably the question I would say up until today. No one's asked me about my mental illness properly. And Not the fair. final question is, who's your biggest inspiration and why? Uh, my parents, definitely. Awesome. My dad's my best mate. He's worked all his life. Just a brilliant guy. Um, he continues to live on his own um, since he, you know, divorced my wife. Uh, my wife. Hang on, so let's say no, not my wife. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Re re redo that one. Sorry, I was a slip of the tongue. Um, but he's a great guy. And my mum. My mum's... Um, the other inspiration. Uh, I don't always show my gratitude towards her. Um, I, we've had a big bit of a distance in relationship, but she's still here with me to April to make sure I'm okay, and so she supports me. But yeah, she's huge. She's done a lot in my life. Um, you know that I can't, you know, uh, thank enough. You know, um, and always love my parents. So yeah. that's so cool, Barris. Nice. It's been an absolute just pleasure to have you no, come and talk you. to us you know the hour has so, flown by i know such it a has, strong it guy it, you really are it, you know everybody listening to this i know is going to get something from this everything that you've been through you know um you know barry and i always here for you um you. and you know Great. we just support everything that you do in being able yeah. to inspire others thank you and you know you two are, you know you two are the most genuine couple that i know uh, have known for years now and uh, what you're doing is great and I, I can't wait to just be part of your rock solid crew group and you know that's great and obviously thanks to those that joined in this evening and I you know I again any questions or anything they need or if they if it's helped them great and we'll talk about it fantastic I'm always around as well and, you know send them my details uh, you know and I'm happy to speak to them on messenger or whatever but um, no uh, honestly thank you so much Definitely. It's good. We we got to keep talking about this subject. We got to smash yeah. this stigma about it and get people it aware of it. Get people talking about it. And let's just yeah. let's just screw it up and let's put it in the bin because we don't need to Absolutely. be shy of it no more. Absolutely. And you know, I can't wait to see you both soon in person as well. It's been a while. We'll have yeah, to catch is. up. Definitely. Absolutely. Thanks Brilliant. so much, Barris. We really appreciate it. No, thank you.